and welcome to another episode of Not Too Deep. I'm your host, Grace Helbig. I am so excited because we have an astrologist slash uh, author slash incredible human slash uh, TV personality slash podcast host, Aliza Kelly, with us on this week's episode of Not Too Deep. And oh, it's such a lovely episode. Uh, we talk about the basics of astrology. If you don't already know, we talk about um, why it's more than a trend, but also why it's kind of great that it's a trend. Also, she reads my my birth chart for me and uh, gives me some really wonderful pieces of advice that were totally unexpected. She also has a brand new book coming out in September called This Is Your Destiny, Using Astrology to Manifest Your Best Life, which sounds incredible and something that if you're at all curious about astrology and your destiny, perhaps you should look into. But first, enjoy this episode of Not Too Deep with Elisa Kelly. I'm so excited that you're here. This is so fun. Um, okay, so you're an astrologist, an author, a producer, a podcaster, a TV uh, host personality guest situation. And I'm going to start off um, super basic and super, you've obviously answered this question a million, billion times in your entire life. What or how do you describe astrology? So I describe astrology as... <sighs> You know, I think it changes because I, there is a very technical definition of astrology. There is, mm-hmm. you know, the astrology is the interpretation of the planets and zodiac from the perspective of Earth. Um, but for me, it really is a language. It's mm. it's a tool set. It's an art form. So it's it's very much um, it's it's basically another way to understand self and to understand how self relates to other. So Mm. I really use it as a self-actualization tool. That's so cool. I know I'm studying depth psychology right now. And so this is all very in uh, alignment for lack of a better word. Yes. And so how did you find yourself here? Did you find astrology? Did it find you? Was it a language that spoke to you or did you kind of seek it out at some point in your life? Well, when I was in my early twenties and I was living in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. <laughs> like so many people, I mean, uh, if you're are not we gonna... missing anything right now, I'll tell you. Are we blaming LA? Are we blaming <laughs> me? I like, it's, I feel like it's very cliche to start to explore astrology when you're in LA, but maybe the cliche there is that a lot of people come to LA, mm-hmm. um, also trying to figure out who they are. And yeah. for me, I wasn't trying to figure out who I was in the entertainment industry, but I was in my early twenties. I was working in the art world and I was just feeling extraordinarily, um, fragmented. Mm-hmm. I really was, was struggling. I was struggling to pay my bills. I was struggling to make friends. I was struggling to even like have a core identity, mm-hmm. um, and finding my birth chart for the first time and starting to discover that, wait, there's a lot of multidimensionality here and that that's okay. And then it doesn't have to like all fit into these really neat boxes, but it actually can all fit into this really beautiful circle. Um, It was an extremely healing experience. And that's how I initially found it. Okay. Building a whole career out of it. This has been a complete surprise. This is never, this is not something that I sought out to do. Um, but it's something I love to do. And I, it's the more that I sort of focus on wholeness, the more I just sort of layer more, uh, variables into it. It's your Instagram account has such a beautiful handle on 
meme culture and astrology. And I love it so much. And I feel like it's such a, um, you know, our, I'm 35 and it's like a very, uh, our generation into something that might seem very overwhelming to people. And also you have such a great sense of humor about it, which I feel like you must have to, because some people see kind of, uh, the whole field as something silly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say that it kind of is a combination of those things. And like those different qualities existed in me, uh, mm-hmm. always, you know, having yeah. like being very sort of like, uh, self-deprecating and like self-aware and referential. And then also like being extremely sensitive and being really compassionate, being really intuitive. Like those have always coexisted, but mm-hmm. I don't, but they, it was hard for me to find the connectivity between them because it seemed as if like you had either this way or you're that way. And astrology was actually the first place that I started to be like, wait, I can be all of these things. Yeah. And I don't have to like minimize one in order for the other one to be true as well. Yeah. I mean, your first book, uh, the mixology of astrology, cosmic cocktails for every sign kind of like lays the playing field that you're taking astrology, but you're putting it into other aspects of life that clearly interest you. How did, how did the first book happen? The first book was really, um, I'm so grateful for the opportunity of the first book. It was, it sort of arrived at, it was the publisher had wanted to make a really cute, like a gift book as a gift astrology book. Mm -hmm. And at that time I had already spent three years building an astrology dating app that failed went broke, moved back home to New York city, which is like, there are worse places to move back home to, but I was really like in a bad state. And I started, you know, I basically was like, okay, I'm just going to resign to living a normal person life. So I started to live a normal person life again. I was an admin again at a corporate company and I kept studying a very glamorous. I still kept studying astrology and I kept, you know, um, I, I continued my practice and more and more, people started to reach out and be like, Hey, are you doing sessions still? Like, Mm -hmm. are you writing? Are you doing anything in astrology? Cause I had that time that I was associated with it, but then I was like, no, 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 it failed me. I have to go, I have to leave it. I leave it all behind. And this book when, um, through, you know, another astrologer, my colleague, Jessica Lignato, she introduced me to the publishers. And that was the book that allowed me to go full time with astrology. Mm. Um, so it was like, it's, it's a book that's really near and dear to my heart because yes, it's like fun and cheeky and cocktails and I'm drunk all the time. I love it. Fun. (laughs) But it's also, um, it was for me like, a you know, solidification of the fact that what I love to do is something I can do professionally. Yeah. It's super affirming, but like, this is where you belong and this is perhaps where you should go back to focusing your life on. I think that's so Cool. Um, and then cut to now we're on your, your third book, uh, which is coming out after the cocktail book, I wrote a children's book because obviously what else (laughs) do you do? (laughs) (laughs) That's the obvious next progression, (laughs) obviously. And now I'm writing a book that is definitely again, not for children. Um, but is a, it's, yeah, it's kind of like, um, a reflection of what this story is of how disparate things were of how astrology sort of began to weave through my narratives and Mm -hmm. how that weaving process allowed me to also um, start to understand outside of just my own reality, outside of my own scope, these greater wisdoms and how 
the concepts that I have learned practicing and studying astrology can be applied on a level that is really about sort of self-improvement, self-actualization, self-help. So Mm. it's a different kind of astrology book because it doesn't go down the list of like, you're an Aries, so you're like this, you're a Taurus, you're like this. It's more about like, okay, what does astrology do? How could we actually use this to improve our lives and to align Mm. our dreams with our reality? Because I experienced that and my clients have experienced that. So I tell those stories. That's incredible. And how... Is it, um, how personal is it for you of a book? It's really, really personal. <laughs> really? Yeah. That must be very um, exciting and nerve wracking. It have is both. That. Yeah. yeah. And we're catching you before it's released. So we'll see what happens in September uh, after it's out. The, yes. Um, when you talk about studying astrology and for people that are interested in, you know, I want to learn about astrology, I'm sure there's a billion different angles that you can get into that work. How, what do you suggest or what's like a, an easy starting off point for people that don't really are overwhelmed by the amount of information that's out there? So I, um, in 2019, I started a virtual community called the constellation club. Mm. Um, and you can join for entry is $5 a month. So it's really affordable. And the reason that I wanted to um, make a space for this is because yes, astrology is like extremely ubiquitous now. It is everywhere. Yeah. When I was studying, when I started, uh, it wasn't, you know, so it was like much more sort of like niche and like knocking on secret doors. And it was really cool, but yeah. that's just not reality anymore. Now it's like, there's just this, I wouldn't say it's oversaturated, but it's certainly extraordinarily saturated yeah. with information and memes. So I wanted to make sort of a, a safe virtual environment for people to come talk to each other, share information. I release like, you know, guides and PDFs and workbooks and cool. I have explanatory videos on there. So I want, I kind of made this little space in response to, I know that people are really overwhelmed and don't know where to begin. So mm-hmm. come into the Constellation Club and you'll meet a community. You'll have the resources you need. Yeah. That's great. I mean, that's such an easy way to just funnel your interest into a, a place that is saturated with all the, uh, the quality stuff and the people that are all of the same levels or different levels or whatever, like a safe space, like you said. Exactly. Um, now, I love that you on your Instagram, helped all of us understand the phenomenon that is Benefer happening this yes, year. Yes. Um, for people that haven't watched that, I mean, it truly has taken pop culture by storm and has really kind of um, stolen focus from absolutely everything. It's almost um, not quite, but the only thing I can compare it to is like Royals level of obsession that we have with these two humans that I truly never thought we would be this obsessed with in 2021. Um, do you have any thoughts? I mean, this episode will come out within the next month. Do you have any thoughts about, uh, the evolution or, um, de-evolution of, of this now <laughs> phenomenon of a relationship? Well, it's really interesting because they happen to be on this, this cycle because basically astrology is studying time and cycles, right? So right. instead of just having a second, an hour, minute hand. We also have like a 28 day hand, which is the moon. We have a 365, the sun, 12 Mm -hmm. years, Jupiter. So they are on one of what they're on one of the cycles and they're on the eclipse cycle of Mm -hmm. Gemini and Sagittarius. We are also recording this right after eclipse season just ended. Mm -hmm. And the last time that they were together, 
was the last time that these eclipses in the series happened. So they are like, they are like on this, that cycle. So it's kind of like, but they also didn't last last time, you know? So it's not like, you know, they're on the cycle and we have seen that that is a relationship that perseveres, Mm -hmm. but they're on the cycle and they're back together. So what does that mean about where they have kind of returned to in their lives where they would both want to Mm -hmm. reconnect in that way? I think it's really interesting. It's fascinating because it does give context and meaning and sort of um uh much more depth to things that seem arbitrary and superficial you know it's it really is truly fascinating and you're talking about uh sun and moon and just for like a quick description because i i hear these all the times and i can never commit them to memory what is the difference between the sun moon and, and rising signs so your sun sign is the position of the sun at the moment that you were born. Mm-hmm. Your moon is the position of the moon and the rising is what zodiac sign was coming up in the Eastern horizon at the okay. moment that you were born. And okay. they each signify different things. Um, it used to be, you know, the pickup line from the seventies is like, what's your sign? And now that yeah. doesn't cut it anymore. <laughs> now we want to know what's your big three. Yeah, What's your sun, moon and rising. So that is those each sort of, give insight, uh, into a different facet of self. Mm. Um, so the sun is sort of how you externalize the moon is how you feel about things. And the rising sign shows how you sort of, what are the greater themes? What's the stage? What's the genre of your life? Okay. Interesting. I will, um, probably ask you that four more times before uh we're done this interview. Just Perfect. <laughs> I know Perfect. these are, I should commit these. Um, when you do readings, and I know because I've gone and gotten tarot cards read and I try to do that pretty regularly. And um, I know there's no such thing as like, you know, you're delivering bad news or death or blah, blah, blah. How do you go about delivering more like concerning information to a client? Well, I really, I mean, it takes a lot of energy to do a reading because I am yeah. so present. I yeah. am so engaged with them. And I'm not just taking into account their chart. You know, I, mm-hmm. I'm not a, I, I'm not a technical astrologer. I'm not somebody who's like clinical going to just say what I say. And that's that. And I have no emotional connection. I'm very emotionally invested every time I'm talking to someone. The first thing I want to ask this person is, you know, why are you here? <laughs> why did you mm-hmm. decide to book a session? Yeah. And from that answer, I'm going to get a lot of information about even just how receptive they are to wanting to have conversations. Mm -hmm. I think that it's really, um, I think that integrity and ethics are really critical in what I do because I really don't want anyone to leave a session feeling more anxious, more stressed, more paranoid than they felt coming in. That's not what my job is. And that's not what I want my job to be. So if we're talking about something like, for instance, somebody's looking at switching jobs and they know that that's upcoming. And I see that the planets are going to be moving in an area of the chart that is a little bit more challenging. I'll say, mm-hmm. you know, I, you, you should move forward with this. Or if you choose to move forward with this, know that it's going to take a little bit of adjusting, you know, mm. that it's not necessarily going to be you're there and you found your home instantly. You're mm. going to have to acclimate to these changes. And then I'm going to use, you know, the techniques that I have to say for X amount of time, you're going to have to. Gotcha. And then on the other side, there's going to be a change. So maybe that's going to be you feeling like you belong more. Maybe you're going to change your job again, but Mm. know that this is kind of what it's not going to necessarily be exactly like you think it is when you take this new role. 
that's a much more pleasant way <laughs> of uh, presenting change to anyone. Um, and speaking of uh, changing perspectives, you posted something really wonderful about uh, the way we talk about Mercury in retrograde, which I think has become this like colloquial phrase we all say when we blame bad shit on shit. <laughs> and I uh, and I find myself doing it. My friends will do it. I'm curious, and if you could like enlighten our our listeners with your perspective on Mercury and retrograde. Sure. Yeah. So Mercury retrograde sucks. It does mm-hmm. suck. It's not like you know. It's we are currently in Mercury retrograde at the time of this recording, and I don't know about you, but I've just the past few days have been like so retrograde for me. Yeah. My calendar has been moving around left and right, and yes, like yes, technology yes. has been screwed up. And Mercury I was, is, yeah, I was just talking about my AC is fucked up right now. Yeah, yeah. It's like everything is kind of wonky and that's kind of the spirit of Mercury retrograde. It happens three or four times a year. Mm. So it isn't that rare, which is why it does get thrown around often. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's an optical illusion from our perspective on earth where it looks like Mercury is going backwards. And the way that it's sort of tracked in astrology is that Mercury, you know, is, has been moving along you know, straight shooting mercury and then it stops and then it starts to retrace its steps. Uh So it's like that, uh, shift in perspective is also going to affect our technology or transportation our communication. We often hear from our exes a lot during mercury retrograde, Uh or we have a lot of sort of like blast from the past. And I, you know, I always encourage people to remember, like, are you really feeling like you miss your ex or Mm. is mercury just retrograde right now in which case like just wait for you know another week or another two weeks it's only three weeks yeah okay and then see how you feel you know (laughs) Mm, yes 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 okay i'm writing down three weeks just so i remember that uh, in the future uh that's super super helpful um in terms of things that get misconception misconceptionalized in so many ways is there a particular sign that you think has the most kind of um misconceptions about it or is are they all yeah. a bit like that i think i think the gemini and scorpio mm. i think i i always find myself needing to rein people in on those signs really <laughs> yeah i mean they just people like really fly off the fucking handles with those you know like it's so like you'll someone will be like i'm a gemini and people are like oh, Scorpio, oh stay away from me you know and it's yeah <laughs> and like thankfully gemini's have great sense of humor so they can take it and scorpios are fucking weirdos so they're into it they're into the power play so like they everyone can roll with it thankfully but yeah, yeah, yeah. i do think that gemini and scorpio have a little bit of a reputation Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, we're going to take a break really quick. And when we get back, I have a million more questions for you. So we'll be Great. right back with more Not Too Deep. Hi, friends. Grace Helbig here from the podcast Not Too Deep, which you are currently listening to, hosted by me, Grace Helbig. Just wanted to say a couple of things. One, Thank you so much for listening. And two, if you are enjoying yourself to such a degree that you'd love to leave us a um, review on the Apple Store, that would be so appreciated because, again, you are very appreciated for giving us your time, your ears, your attention, whatever it may be. Uh, And that was my couple of things. Now back to me, me. Now, what is the 
astrology community like? Uh, is it like, do you, for lack of a better phrase, do you all know each other? Is it a tighter knit community or is it like kind of broad and constantly evolving? It's a really good question. Um, I would say that it's probably broad and constantly evolving because of the internet. Right. Um, yeah. I, the astrology community, I mean, it, astrology seems to have is baked into every social media platform yeah. at this point. I mean, there's full astrology. I mean, I'm still learning the ways of TikTok on broad strokes, but yeah, there's for sure uh, an astrology community over there. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, something I noticed about 10 years ago, pretty early on is that astrology is so um, adaptable mm. and it's so ever present. It's so, you know, and it's so like, it's constantly relevant. Yeah. So it will always adopt whatever the language is of that time, which mm. is why astrology in the seventies was so sort of entrenched with like the groovy hippie vernacular. And mm. now in, you know, our 21st century world, it is so like, it, it is, it lends itself to memes so well. It lends itself yes. to these short 15 second videos so well, um, because yeah. it's going to take on whatever the style is that people are speaking. It's like kind of one of the remarkable things about astrology is yeah. how it, it just changes. It's yeah. It's interesting. Um, it feels like, yeah, it has peaks and valleys relevant to where society's at and looking for like answers and meaning. And I feel like this last year, you know, things are out of everyone's control. And so obviously it makes sense that people are looking to understand the universe in a broader way or themselves in a broader way. So it makes sense that right now people are like putting heat behind that whole community and that whole world. Um, what, uh, when you are doing clients, uh, like one-on-one -on -one things, what's the most common question people come to you with? Just like what's going to happen in my future? I, th I think that, uh, it shifts, you know, also yeah. is an interesting thing is that it does change, um, periodically. There was a time when there was a lot of questions about, and I think it probably shifts with like, as I get older, you know, different clients come to me for different reasons. Yeah. Obviously when I was younger, there was a lot of relationship stuff and I still get a lot of relationship stuff, but now it's even more existential. <laughs> now really? I'm getting a lot of like, what's my purpose? I would say is oh, probably the most common question. Interesting. Um, yeah, that's really interesting and actually kind of cool that people are going deeper in their, uh, their world and their meaning, uh, and not seeing themselves in such a shallow way. That's interesting. I, I'm, I'll be mulling about that for a bit. Right. And making it harder and harder for me, you know, because I, it's like a relationship yeah. question. Like, okay, sure. We could, who are you compatible with? No problem. Right. What's my purpose? It's like, oh, oh my God. Okay. Well, well what's anyone's purpose? <laughs> I can guide you, but really only you can answer that question. <laughs> right. Like, well, do you believe in God? I don't yeah. know. How do you, how do we start this? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm interested in that. Do when people, um, people that are, are coming to you for guidance, do you find that they, there are a lot of um, people that are still very religious that are coming to you? Or do you think that it's people that are kind of like, not so tied to a, you know, traditional religion? I think it's mostly people who are not tied to a traditional religion. I do mm -hmm. think, I think it's really interesting. And it, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of sad to me that so many people would not want to learn about astrology because yeah. it is, it feels like it would go against their religious beliefs or their religious background because astrology is not a religion by right. any means. You know, there's no, 
doctrine. There's no like major people who you need to like follow. You don't, there's not a, there are no commandments, you know, you can't really sin here. (laughs) No. Right. I mean, it's really interpretive and Mm -hmm. it's really just, it's, it's very much poetry to me. So Mm. it's, it bums me out that there are people who have, who don't feel like it's something that's available to them. And I understand it. I respect it. Of course, I, I'm yeah. also not in the business of trying to evangelize anyone. So like, if you don't like astrology, don't do it. It's no big Sorry. deal. But I think it's a really cool tool. Mm, that I, Yeah, I, uh, I think you answered that beautifully. Um, going back to the signs a little bit, who, which signs do you think are the most difficult to go on a road trip with? Well, it depends on who is on the road trip. It depends on who's let's in the say, car. Let's say Grace Helbig as a Libra is on a road trip. So Grace, as a Libra, you are very fair. You know, you want yeah. things to be really balanced. You are hypersensitive of like the social dynamics For of sure. situations. So it, I could imagine, I mean, you're, you're adaptable. You'll like kind of, you know, if somebody is being overbearing, you'll take a backseat. If somebody is super quiet and needs a little bit of, you know, comfort to be able to come out of their shell, you're going to be, you're going to take the role of like the more extroverted one. Mm -hmm. You will sort of adjust to the situation. But I would imagine that if somebody was in that situation and they were being super rigid, super sort of, um, not like not agreeable, Mm -hmm. um, that they were very stubborn, Mm -hmm. that they only had one set way they wanted to do things that that might be hard for you because Mm. it wouldn't allow you to really, you know, balance it out. So I would say it might be hard for you to be with a Taurus Uh or it might be hard for you to be with a Scorpio. That, yep. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. I'm going to get into the two questions that I ask every single guest that is on the podcast with me. Um, And the first question for you is who alive or dead would you most like to throw cold spaghetti at? Lucille Ball, but like only because I <laughs> I love her and I feel like we would have so much fun with that. I don't know that anyone's uh, answered that before, and I love that answer. Yeah, I I love Lucille Ball. I'm so inspired by her. My dog is named after her. Oh, that's um, great! And she loves spaghetti. She loves yeah. cold spaghetti. I mean, she's yeah, it shows up in a lot of her episodes. So yeah, I would I would love to be the spaghetti tosser. Oh, that's so perfect. Um, okay. The other question I ask every single guest is to tell us your worst pants shitting story or like a, um, a bathroom emergency. However, you can only use three words or three small phrases. Um, so for example, mine is college jogging front lawn. Oh, this is no problem for me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) camp, swimsuit, bus. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like... Um, oh, that- I just got shivers actually <laughs> going back there. Just those three words. Like I suddenly had like a full body response. Oh, I know. The, <laughs> um, it is a, it's a tough question because sometimes people don't have stories and sometimes when they do, it does um, trigger a, a, an emotion or a memory that they have buried for a very, very long time. <laughs> so thank you for humoring me. Uh, Okay, now we're going to get into a section called uh, deep or hot, where um, I'm going to ask you a deep question. And then I'm going to ask you for a hot take on something. Fabulous. All right. 
Okay. Here's your deep question, Aliza. I'm saying that right, right? Yes. Okay. I have like the memory of a goldfish. So just double checking. (laughs) Deep question. Were you ever scared that you wouldn't get back all the love that you give out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would say that that's... um, I'm a Capricorn rising. So I have a perma chip on my shoulder and Mm. sort of accepting, like learning that, embracing it and being like, okay, well, if I'm always going to feel like I have to work harder or love harder, or like, just like everything is going to be more challenging for me than it is for everyone else. If that's like my default setting, yeah, then I don't have to worry about it because I'm always going to feel that way. Huh? How do you then? So, (laughs) But that's, uh, yeah, I agree that once you kind of reconcile that for yourself and you don't see it as a burden, but just like the reality of your, you know, everyday situation, it becomes less um, taxing to take on the you were saying that you obviously you are incredibly present for all of your, um, you know, one on one consultations. How do you recharge yourself after um, a session? I, I'm still not very good at it. I mean, I have some because it I don't want to get robotic and mm-hmm. I have had sessions with other practitioners or, you know, people that I respect in the field who have been doing it for, you know, much longer than me, decades and decades and decades. And I can tell when they are just sort of autopiloting mm-hmm. autopilot metaphysics is really interesting because if you're not, because it's cool, no matter what, you know, yeah. like if you're getting, your palm read or you're getting tarot cards or you're, someone's looking at your chart and you're hearing about things from this like mystical point of view, the practitioner can autopilot and you may not even notice, hmm. but I feel personally like I need to be, if I'm doing that, if I am not fully present, then I can't give a true experience. And I don't yeah. want to be someone who starts repeating myself, you know, you hold yourself to a standard. Yeah. So, you know, I don't have a good answer because it's actually something that's really hard. It's hard. I now have all of my sessions happen on one day of the week so that I don't have to switch on and off of that kind of like state of mind. Yeah. Um, But that's like the, I just did that like six months ago. Yeah. yeah, So it's it's recent trying to make changes. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a total learning curve as you get to learn yourself in this field more. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's no actual blueprint. I'm sure it's totally individualized for how you're able to do that. Um, okay. I'm going to ask you about a hot take, which you've kind of already touched on a little bit. Um, but the hot take is on people who see astrology as merely a trend. Whew. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I don't mind like people who see astrology as merely a trend is actually would be kind of like refreshing and music to my ears because when I started in 2013, um, what people would say to me was that astrology is not a trend, that Mm. it is not something relevant, that it is not going to be a cultural movement. Interesting. So if anyone were to say, oh, it's just a trend at this point, I'd be like, well, told you because (laughs) I knew that that was going to happen. That's why I was starting a fucking dating app about it. Duh. (laughs) Like, (laughs) <laughs> I saw the potential. I saw the opportunity. Yeah. Nobody else did. So if somebody said that to me now, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. I already if somebody that. is like, astrology is stupid. Yeah. I have a problem with that. That still pisses me off, even though, as you can imagine on the internet, that's there's no shortage of it. Yeah, I'm sure. Because it just comes from a place of um, misinformation or just complete lack of knowledge, I assume. 
or fear. Yeah, and I, I would say it also was a huge roadblock for me and um, my own journey. You know, mm. I didn't want people to think that I was stupid. I right, didn't want yeah. people to not take me seriously. I wanted to be respected. I wanted to, you know, have to not be seen as sort of like someone who lives on the fringes of society. Sure. Um, so people sort of being like, oh, astrology is like weird or eccentric or having the sort of just negative connotations with it mm-hmm. made it hard for me to actually fully step into what I'm really good at. Yeah. Um, I had to overcome that, which I didn't do until I was in my late 20s which I'm sure people can read more about in your book. This is your destiny using astrology to manifest your best life. I assume perhaps there are some tricks and tips all about that in there. Um, The other question before we take one more break that I wanted to ask you about, because I saw on your Instagram um, crystals and uh, charging crystals. Uh, you were talking about the, this eclipse has been happening and that's a no, no for charging any of your crystals. I had no idea. Yes. Yes. I mean, if you didn't know, that's okay. You know, like I, it's not, I'm also not superstitious. So it's kind of funny to be in the space and to be like super, super mystical, but not superstitious. (laughs) But there's, to me, there's like such a fine line and it really is clarified. Like if you have been sitting out there with your crystals, like you know, mm-hmm. Spencer prodding it, like I'm, you're, you're going to be okay. It's going to be fine. But yeah, yeah. if you are in a place where you are following me or following an astrologer or receiving the message of like, Hey, eclipse season is really volatile and the mm. energy is really chaotic. And it's also an opportunity for us to take a step back from like wanting, desiring, demanding, and just sort of see what's out there so that we can recalibrate. Yeah. Um, if you, are at the point of your crystal journey where you receive that message, like then maybe you take it. But if mm. you didn't know it, then you're not, it's not like, oh, you're doomed. Yeah. Like uh. <laughs> you just, it's, you weren't at that stage yet to know. Gotcha. And in terms of manifesting, uh, because it's, you know, the Oprah, the theology in a, in a sense, when is the best time to be manifesting? So I like to manifest around the new moon and the full moon. And the reason for that is because it's really consistent. You Mm -hmm. can schedule for it. Um, You have this sort of anchor that is very much, you know, you can look up and be like, oh, full moon or like, oh, I don't see a moon, new moon. So you can kind of hold yourself accountable to the practice. You Mm. sort of synthesize your intentions, your ideas, your thoughts, your feelings, and you, you know, either do a little ritual or you write in your journal or you just do something on those moons. And then you know that that's done. And then 14 days later, you're going to do something else. And 14 days later, you're going to do something else. And it just, you know, it has a natural, you can schedule it, you know, into our busy lives. (laughs) You can set reminders. You can do all of it. Exactly. That makes it so much easier. Okay. Uh, I'm going to finish writing some notes down (laughs) and we're going to take one last break. Uh, And when we get back, we have questions from the listeners and viewers. So we'll be right back with more Not Too Deep. Okay, Lisa, we're going to get into a couple questions that we have from listeners and viewers. Um, that I think you might be able to offer some uh, specific advice on. Uh, one is a quick financial question. How do you decide what you need opposed to what you want? Sometimes I feel we deprive ourselves because of the quote, what ifs in life. And didn't you write an article about uh, 
your personal journey with finance and paving your own way? I did. Yeah. Okay. I did grace. Okay, great. <laughs> if that wasn't true, then I was like, this might be a strange question for her. This might get really awkward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, well, I, it's an interesting question. I'm not sure. I feel like there's a lot of layers in the question. Yeah. It's, um, how do you decide what you need opposed to what you want? I mean, that's a very personal question. Um, I always like to be financially pretty conservative. Um, because as we've all experienced this last year, you have no idea how the world is going to shift and change in ways that would dramatically affect your finances in some capacity. Um, I've also just been like a person that's worked like three jobs at once just to like save uh, money and like make sure that there's like a safety net. Um, But then I'll have to like every couple months, you know, give myself permission to get something a little stupid just so I can satisfy like life cravings. Yeah. From an astrological perspective, um, the moon is going to show what you need Mm. and Venus is going to show what you want. Oh, wow. Okay. So how do you chart that? So the, you know, your moon sign, um, Mm -hmm. do you know what your moon is, Grace? I do not off the top of my head. Um, How do I find that? If you go on, like, there's so many different websites. I like Time Passages as the app is my favorite. Okay. Um, But if you just type in like, birth chart calculator on Google, you can find it out very quickly. I've had this, like I've had my birth chart read before, but, uh, like I said, I have a memory of a a goldfish. Oh, I mean, if you want to, I don't want to make you do anything that is, uh, doesn't bother me. Sure. Let's just find out what your moon sign is so that we can use this as an example. I would love this. Okay. So Grace, when, what is your date of birth? It is September 27th, 1985. 1985. Oh no. Okay. It doesn't go back. Oh no. There is no 1985. (laughs) No. Where were you born? I was born in a town called Woodbury, New Jersey. New Jersey. Woodbury. Cool. And what time were you born? I believe I was born at 8.04 a.m. And I'm pretty sure I've asked my mom this a million times too. Oh my God, you're a Pisces moon like me. Ah! I'll tell you what it means. Don't worry. Okay, okay. If this is is, um, true, Mm -hmm. you are very, very um, intuitive. An extremely psychic... Ooh. very spiritual person. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a few tarot decks. I love to uh, try to read other people's cards, but without, you know, imposing. But yeah, I love that stuff. I think it's so fascinating. I would also be curious if you have ever um, ha- seen a ghost or talked to a ghost. I am uh, hugely frightened of ghosts, like hugely frightened of ghosts. Um, But I do feel like I have, um, and I also have a very active imagination. So I feel like I turn shadows into ghosts very uh, effortlessly at nighttime. Um, But I can't say that I've ever actually seen one that I can like remember having an interaction with. 
Unless I, I repressed that and buried it deep, deep down because it was too scary. Well, I have actually often found your son is in this area that's like very psychic and very, mm. um, you have a lot of, the veil is very thin for you. Mm. So I have found that for those, for people who have this, that they are often very scared of ghosts and turning <laughs> yeah. it on because it's also like a very viable, like if I turn it on, like I really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I'm a pretty big introvert, so I don't need anyone else to hang out with right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm good. I'm um, good. I like being alone. <laughs> but okay. Your moon and my moon are both in mm -hmm. Pisces. So this okay. shows what you need. What okay. you need is you need to have you need to have depth. You need to have mm. like spiritual, emotional and artistic nurturing. Like you mm. really need, you need music, you need art, you need mm -hmm. to be able to feel like you need to be able to sit with your feelings and feel your feelings and have big feelings. You need like, that's the... what my therapist says too. So. <laughs> I love when I align with therapists. It's my yeah. favorite thing. And then your Venus is in Virgo and it's actually opposite your mm. moon. So there for you, this, com this conversation of need and want is actually quite rot. There's a, there's a lot mm. of tension there because what you need is a lot of creative fulfillment, but mm -hmm. what you want is a lot of security. Yeah. 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 But you actually sure. need more creative and artistic outlets than you need security. Yeah. That I, uh, I would say that is very, very accurate. Well then the guys, this is how you do it. You just look <laughs> up your chart and then you'll find your needs and your wants. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, thank you for that. I really appreciate that. Uh, one more question from a listener um, because you talked about moving before. Uh, this person says, hello, I've moved a few times over the last year. And once again, in a few weeks, any tips to make the moving process less stressful? Moving is really stressful. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I'm always approaching this from like a client perspective, but I of would, I, so I have more, I have more questions, which is impossible because they, <laughs> this is not being asked in real time, but like, right. I would ask this person, well, I would want to know why does this person keep moving? Mm. And I would want to sort of get to the heart of what the motion, where the motion is coming from in the first place. Ooh. And to find peace with that, to find peace with whatever it is. And to, if, if they, maybe they like moving, maybe it, even though it might yeah. seem chaotic, they enjoy the sort of like the change. unpredictable, yeah, the change in the, this new environment. So like, if that's the case, then like lean into the chaos, have fun with it. If this mm -hmm. person is like seeking something that just keeps being disappointing, then mm. what, then what is disappointing them about their environments? Ooh, I think that's great because obviously in moving, everything is very, you think about it in a literal sense of I have to get my stuff packed up. I have to change it and go to this house and I need help carrying this couch out of this door and who knows and it's stressful. And how do I get it up this set of stairs? But really one of the major factors is thinking more deeply and emotionally about what the move means for you and how do you prepare or protect your emotions around that. Yes, absolutely. Ooh, and like, if, so the, interesting. if the truth is, is that this person actually really likes it and they uh -huh. just, you know, moving seems stressful. So they're kind of like, you know, surfacing is like, it's so stressful. Then like, yeah, yeah. have fun with that, you know, be stressed, but also know that that's something that actually energizes you and electrifies you. And that's not a bad thing. Oh, you can totally reframe your experience. Yes. If you give into that kind of, uh, 
you know, uh, underlying idea that you have about it. Oh, that's so exciting. Um, okay, before we wrap up completely, because this is, I could ask you a billion, zillion more questions. Um, I want to ask you about the new book that's coming out in September. What's the biggest thing you want people to get from the book? Ooh, that's a big <laughs> question. <laughs> I'm going to prepare you for all the interviews that you will be doing when the book comes out. <laughs> um, I would love for people to feel more comfortable being themselves. Mm. And just celebrate their truth and to be more <gasps> honest, actually, through reading the book. Oh, I love that. Um, okay, before we completely wrap up, this is um, a bit uh, of funny and ironic that every time we have a guest on the podcast, we like to end by giving them a, a personalized gift. And what we've been doing at the start of this new season is giving our unprofessional personalized horoscopes uh, to our guests. So we have a horoscope for you that oh Melissa God, will, put, will put in the chat that if you could read it aloud to the class, that would be lovely. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I had it. Oh my gosh. Wait, hold on. This is, I, I'm, I'm like shook <laughs> Dear Leo, the lion of the stars. This is an intimidating horoscope to write for someone whose job is literally in horoscopes and beyond. You've worked hard and it's time to reap the reward. I'm going to cry. <laughs> Expect to see some profits in the next few weeks for all of your efforts. It's not time to fully relax just yet though. So perhaps put a pause on that meerkat manor binge watch, which yeah. I did just tweet about that. I was <laughs> rewatching meerkat manor again. Uh, again, really? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't get enough of it the first time I had to go back and just sort of check up on everyone. I have to get into it. I don't think I've uh, finished it. So I, I have to go back now. Uh, so dramatic. <laughs> no, that's the only kind. I'm done with people drama. I'm going to the meerkats now. Um, Aliza, where can people find you? Where can they get the book if they don't already know? So everyone can follow me at Aliza Kelly, A-L-I-Z-A-K-E-L-L-Y everywhere on all the social media, including TikTok, where I Wonderful. feel like geriatric but it's okay <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> watch me embarrass myself um and alizakelly.com and the book is available wherever books are sold it's called this is your destiny oh amazing and i feel like this is the time for everyone to get that book uh and get ready for september um because it's your destiny awaits thank you so much this was so lovely Thank you so much. Uh, of course, guys, go check her out. Go get the book. Do all the things. Check your charts. See what's going on. Mercury in retrograde isn't a bad thing. And other than that, we'll see you next time on Not Too Deep. Goodbye. Too deep. Too deep. Too deep. Not too deep. With Grace Helbig. Not Too Deep is a production of Grace Helbig Incorporated. Producer Melissa D. Montz. Edited by Shireen Lani Yunus. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. And an extra special thanks to Flula for the theme music. 